Well, the sanctions against Russia are taking their toll in Russia with moderate contagion to the rest of the world, but it is early days and certainly the exposure is that much greater in Europe. If Russia defaults on its debt, who's holding that debt? If energy stops, who's going to be left bearing the extra cost? The answer of all of this, of course, is Europe more than the United States, and that is showing in the bond markets. The equity markets are relatively constrained so far, but of course every day is a new chapter in this crazy war. Who knows how far Putin is going to go. The Aussie dollar, meanwhile, doing okay today. We'll look at why that is. It's Tuesday, the 1st of March, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is up just 0.1% right now at 96.7 on the DXY index, but it was up over 97.7 earlier on. The Russian ruble is down about 25%. Actually, the impact in other currencies has been nowhere near as pronounced as all that, as you might hope, I suppose. Uh, the Aussie dollar is actually up 0.5%. The euro is down half a percent. Uh, the safe haven currencies are up, of course, half a percent for the Japanese yen, 0.9% for the Swiss franc. Shares, well, in Moscow, the stock exchange didn't open, but Russian companies elsewhere got hammered. Uh, Zuberbank uh, fell as much as 74% in the UK markets on fears that it's going to default. BP shares fell 7.5% as it got rid of its stake in the Russian oil company Rosneft. Uh, now Shell is uh, cutting its joint operations with Gazprom. US stocks are mixed. The Nasdaq actually finished 0.4% up. Uh, we've got a half percent fall for the Dow, 0.4% down for the S&P 500 uh, after a late recovery across all indices in the United States. The Eurostoxx 50 finished down 1.2%, however. Uh, I mean, they seem very small moves compared to everything else, doesn't it, at the moment? Oil is up a a 4.7% rise in WTI. That's come back a bit. 3.1% up for Brent, getting back over $100, up over $103 a few times in the session overnight. But it's the bond markets where things are really happening. 10-year Treasury yields down 14 basis points. German 10-year bonds down 10. Russian bonds, well, basically halving in price uh, and big moves there in credit default swaps. So that is the question today, isn't it? Will Russia default on debt? Let's ask NAB's Rodrigo Catrill. And if they do, uh, Rodrigo, uh, what impact is that going to have around the world? Because, I, I mean, obviously a lot of European banks, we assume, are holding quite sizable holdings of Russian sovereign debt. So that they are uh, very open to this, aren't they? <laughs> Morning, Phil. Yeah, that, that's uh, the concern is that in terms of exposure, uh, Euro- Europe is a little bit more exposed in terms of that financial side. Um, and, and if anything, that's sort of evident in, in sort of the reaction that we've seen in, in markets as well. Um, um, if it, specifically on that, we've also what we've seen is a big jump in the cross currency market for demand for U.S. dollars. And, and then again, that is, that is the reflection of that concern. Um, and with many speculating that um, it, it, it's only a matter of time before the Fed start op- reopening those lines that we saw during the GFC and also during the pandemic in order to make sure that there's enough liquidity there and enough provision of US dollars, uh, given the huge demand uh, that, that, um, that the whole crisis has sparked for, for US dollars. So this is just uh, really the, the, the day one of these new sanctions. So... I imagine things are going to get worse on there. A lot of trading won't have happened. Uh, we, we've seen the, the impact on currency, on bonds. The central bank has lifted its interest rate from just under 10% to 20%. So is this going to get worse as time goes on? Not, you know, for, for the global economy, obviously for the Russian people it will, but are we going to start to see more defaults? I'm, I'm curious how you think it's going to play out for the, 
for the Russian economy this week and and from the contagion that we're going to see from it? Well, I mean, I suppose for, for the Russian economy is 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 really dire news. They're, they're going to be struggling uh, because uh, it's effectively being shattered to to the rest of the world. What what remains to be seen. Um, and this is kind of like what, what happened during the GFC is that nobody knows exactly the exposure. Uh, but certainly, uh, it's not just about the sovereign debt. It's also about Russian lenders. It's also about Russian businesses that miss payments uh, because effectively by being out by the SWIFT system, you no longer can pay. So, um, you, you know, we mentioned BP. We know Shell as well has exposures in that. Yeah. The, the shutting down of those Equinor businesses. Equinor in Norway those relationships. is another one saying yeah, that. They're all those businesses, whatever money you had there, um, you, you have to forget about it for, for quite a long time. Mm. So, and the degree of what that means to your business, it, it remains to be seen. So that's the one theme. The other theme is Russian lenders in general. And, and then there's the sovereign debt as well, which we know in terms of the lending, we know that France, um, uh, France, Austria, and uh, Italy are the ones that appear to be more exposed in terms of the banking sector. So um, it's going to be felt in, in, in that pressure. But overall, it's certainly a theme where Europe is more more affected than, say, the likes of you know uh, the US and, yeah. and even Australia, and that's kind of being reflected as well in the market. Yeah, well, I mean, fundamentally, there's a lot more trade, obviously, between Europe and Russia, so the exposure is that much greater. Yeah. There's very little trade, or you know, comparatively speaking, between the US and Russia. Yeah, no, that, that's right. And if anything, that's clearly evident in the performance of currencies, where mm. European currencies have been really severely affected. Uh, the knock has actually shown an improvement, but uh, early yesterday it was down two percent. Um, and um, uh, obviously they they have the benefit in terms of the the moving oil prices. Yeah. Um, uh, but now we've seen you know safe haven currencies and the Aussie dollar performing really well because at the moment it's, it seems to be a little bit more contained within Europe. Uh, whilst at the same time that that rise in commodities is is being beneficial for the Aussie dollar well, as well. Well, energy prices obviously that that is another exposure, isn't it, for Europe as well? Because uh, if we see rising oil prices and rising gas prices, very bad for Europe, less so for the US because they can up their uh, their domestic production. So I mean, they're a little bit buffered from all of this, aren't they? Very much so, and 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 it remains to be seen exactly what happens because in terms of the escalation of sanctions, uh, that's that's the bit that hasn't yet been talked about, right? Mm. In terms of completely cutting off all, all those energy supplies, and and of course, again for for Europe, that's that's a much bigger price to to pay. And if anything, there's also when you look at the performance of commodities, thermal coal has just completely skyrocketed up fifteen percent, which again reflects that that sort of the search for alternatives, if you like, yeah. uh, for gas in case things get worse. So the planet's the real loser. <laughs> in all of this isn't it really because it's all gonna, well yeah it's all- any 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 sort of move towards green energy it's is put on on the sidelines for now because yeah. um you still burner. need energy to get through yeah, the, yeah through so, the so it's clear then the fed is going to carry on as normal isn't it and even if uh it's i wonder what sort of extra sanctions we'll see coming from joe biden it's it's easier for more punitive measures coming from Europe because it's so much closer to Europe. So people will feel the hurt, I feel. But I wonder whether Americans would feel the hurt for sanctions for something which is so far away. But anyway, on central banks, it's clear the, the Fed is going to carry on as normal. It's a bit less clear for the ECB, isn't it? Just before we go into that, I mean, in terms of the, the penalties, what we don't know yet, which also well worth emphasizing, is exactly the list of banks that will be uh, affected. You know, we the big announcement about the SWIFT uh, sort of uh, cancellation, if you like, to to your, your, uh, your Russian banks. We still don't have the list, and and that's the, that is what is being re- negotiated at the moment. So 
once you know, then that will also make, make it clear exactly, you know, the exposures and so people start looking around over their shoulder. Now, in terms of, of, of the bond market, um, it's, it's quite a different message in terms of what we've seen in the equity market. Equity markets collapsed at, at the open, but then recovered quite significantly. So down over 2 3%, and now the U.S. is just down 1%. And similarly, we also saw recovery in Europe. But when you look at the bond market, it's been a broad-based, you know, demand for safe haven with 10 years down 10 basis points, as you say. And the front end of the curve is actually down by more. Like uh, the, the two-year in the U.S. was down over 14 basis points, and now it's down 12 basis points. So bond, t- bond so traders are taking this a lot more seriously then. They, they feel there's a definitely, definitely. For and, and then what it's also mean is that bond, bond traders are thinking, well, hang on, are central banks really going to start hacking on this? Mm. Now, at this moment, at this stage, in terms of pricing, uh, the, the market is still pricing a, a, more, a more than 100% chance that, that the Fed will hike in March, uh, but 28 basis points more or less. So if you recall, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about 50 basis points. So it's been a decent pullback. But what has also happened, it's also been a pullback in terms of rate hike ex- expectations for the whole of 2022. Mm. So it's certainly been reflected in, in that sense. But at the moment, it basically means that less hikes are coming or are expected uh, from the Fed at this stage, uh, rather than no hikes at all. Uh, whereas in, in, in Europe, the, the talk obviously is, is, is a little bit different because there's no, no imminent hikes. It just means that the expectations for a rate hike later in the year have also been uh, pulled back. Well, we, I mean, we may find we need to sort of reverse direction completely if this goes on for a long time. We might be looking for more fiscal stimulus, mightn't we, rather than talking rate hikes in, in Europe if it, if, it all goes, uh, if it all goes badly. And there's the thing. I wonder how markets are really uh, looking at all of this. Are, are they still taking a short-term view for what looks like it's going to be a long-term problem? I can't see this ending unless Putin is somehow deposed because he, he's got a long-term agenda, hasn't he? Yeah, and, I, and it, to your point in terms of the messaging from, from markets, it seems that the equity market is thinking, oh, this is more a short-term sort of issue. It will be resolved. Mm. Um, and then uh, it will be very much sort of, limited to to the region uh whereas the bond market is certainly sort of taking a different view that this this could actually take a little bit longer yeah um and be more broad-based and um and in that sense um what is interesting as well is in terms of you you, you guys were talking about the the word that shouldn't be pronounced it mm. shouldn't be said um which we're not going to mention it but uh, but it's certainly for central banks it's a massive challenge because if this means a slowdown in growth, but also means a huge rise in inflation, where we're already seeing sort yeah. of those supply chain uh, pressures exactly. reigniting what again do you do? because of, yeah. you know, do you mean, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. yeah. Put the rates up uh, and make the situation worse. you know, yeah. you, you need to look through. Mm. And, and if anything, that, that's what different central banks have a different philosophy about this. Mm. Uh, Philip Lane talked about the idea that, you know, if you're faced with a choice of high levels of inflation and you want to restrain activity, then you end up with you, you you run the risk of completely uh, you know killing activity and, and a huge rise in unemployment. Yeah. So if that's option one, and the other option is to to live with high inflation for an extended period of time, then he's leaning towards the second option. Yeah. Whereas other central banks, you know, Bullard, for instance, will be very much of the view that no, it's inflation skyrocketing, it's getting out of control, inflation expectations. Uh, are getting de-anchored, therefore we just need to, you know, stop it and, and go hard. Um, and if anything, Governor all made similar remarks yesterday um, um, over the, the issue of inflation, that if it's really running out of, out, out of, you know, control, then you need to just put on the brakes big time. So mm. it, it will be an interesting one. Uh, and, and at the moment, 
you know, probably nobody really wants to talk about it too much, but uh, it's certainly a theme that could become a massive theme if things continue to get worse. Well, I'm sure Governor Orr is going to be looking at the house prices for New Zealand there today, along with for Australia as well. We get uh, China's PMI data today as well. I mean, they've had lots of lockdowns, so it will have slowed down. Plus, of course, they turned off lots of factories so we could actually see what was going on during the Winter Olympics. Uh, a question, question about China is interesting. I mean, what part are they going to play? Are they going to be, are they just going to buy up Russian wheat and oil and gas and uh, lessen the impact uh, of all these measures that are, are being introduced and how is the West going to react? Or are they going to sort of join the West and become everyone's new best friend? Yeah, um, and, and you forgot to mention as well that Russia, in terms of reserves, they, they have around 13 15% of their reserves in, in China. So mm. if they get cut off everywhere... Um, and they, they effectively, you know, have a lifeline coming from China, not only just in terms of the buying of energy and, and wheat, uh, but also potentially in terms of supplying these reserves or accessing these reserves. So it's an important one. And again, adds to this geopolitical tensions in terms of what side you're going to land. Yeah. Uh, but at the moment, China is trying to sort of remain neutral, if you like, but uh, uh, implicitly they, they are supporting the system. They are supporting what's going on. Now, sort of the numbers we're getting out, I mean, they, they seem very historic now, don't they, given everything that's going on? But it's worth mentioning the U.S. trade balance because exports were down 1.8%, imports up 1.7%, which is sort of good and bad, isn't it? Great, because, I mean, that would imply that supply chains were getting better, uh, not so good for U.S. GDP estimates, and I wonder whether that could slow the Fed down. Probably not, given the inflation numbers. But we get Australia's balance of trade numbers today. Will will we see a similar direction of travel uh, to the U.S. trade? Well, I suppose the, the Australian story is that uh, you know Q4 there, there was a little bit of payback, given how big those numbers were in, in Q3. So expectations are for for GDP in Q4, we will see a little bit of a detraction coming from. Um, from from the trade balance, um, but overall, um, you know, it's still it, it's a solid story for for the Australian economy in terms yeah. of how well things are going. And 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 and, and to, if anything, you know, the focus is really around what happens now rather than Q4 last year. Well, we had uh, standout retail sales, didn't we, in January, way above forecast. So a lot of that was online shopping. So you don't have to go out. You can uh, you can when you know online shopping really taking off in Oz, perhaps a little later. Yeah, and, and reinforces the view that you know the the, the slowdown that we had from the Omicron wave to be not as severe and the rebound is is really robust uh, and places that the, the Australian economy will perform quite well uh, uh, this year. Well, the Aussie dollar has done okay today, hasn't it? Despite the fact that yesterday we were saying, well, it was going to get pulled down with all this risk sentiment. But look at it, it's doing well. It's up uh, even against the rising US dollar. So what are the reasons behind that, apart from the fact, obviously, that we are a little bit away from the action? Yeah, and I, I suppose one of the things that uh, Ray talked about yesterday is that when we talk about risk aversion, the Aussie dollar you know, literally gets hammered if, if risk aversion becomes broad-based. And uh, there was the risk that this this could happen yesterday. Uh, but what, what we've seen is that risk aversion has been very much contained, you know, towards Russia and, and, and links in Russia, which has been, you know, Europe being the epicenter, if you like, of that, of that link. And when you look at performance of currencies, it's quite interesting to know that, you know, sure, the ruble is down, you know, 24%. Uh, um, but then the, the, the impact in the rest of EM and Asia has been relatively contained. You know, hmm. the Turkish lira is actually literally unchanged. The Mexican peso is down 0.8%. So we haven't seen a huge collapse or a huge run from EM markets. And, and that's actually been encouraging for, for the Aussie. 
but because typically when you know it becomes board based, that's when it becomes a problem for the OC. So at the moment, as much as risk aversion is a problem, uh, the, you know the, the the performance of commodities uh, has been. The, the offsetting, more than offsetting factor, helping the OC dollar perform. Well, Russian forces are amassing north of Kiev as we speak, I think. So it could be a, uh, a very bad, dark 24 hours. So we'll see how the markets react to that. Uh, good to talk, Rodrigo. I'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. I have to say, I do enjoy doing the morning call every morning, but it's uh, not nowhere near as much fun at the moment, is it, for any of us? Uh, that's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.